Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to the house of God, my friends. All are welcome, all may enter in. Come experience the peace and hope within. today whether you are online or in person it's a wonderful day yes my name is Donna Opoka I'm your platform assistant and I will share the announcements with you for this week everyone's invited to join us for outdoor fellowship if you can handle the cold <laughs> Reverend Kelly's not sure she can but she will be at the back door to wish you a good day. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, tomorrow, Monday, is our Zoom house party at 1 o'clock. All are welcome to have connection and fun and tears and who knows. We never know what's going to happen there, but it's always a great time. Tomorrow night is our Critical Conversations at 7 o'clock, 7 to 8.30. It's a chance to share your perspectives, hear others, learn some stuff. Good place to be. Wednesdays, as Reverend Kelly calls it, the, her holy hump day. <laughs> 1 o'clock is Bible study for those who want to go deeper into Sunday's lessons. At 7 o'clock, is meditation, both on Zoom and in person. Join us to commune together in the presence of God. You will leave the meditation relaxed and refreshed. Our first annual Trunk or Treat event is this Saturday, 
the 30th. Yay! I'm so excited. I, th I think I'm going to have more fun than the kids. <laughs> um, so dress up in costumes, decorate your car, bring candy. We want lots of involvement. It'll be a fun community event, um, and we're really looking forward to it. Eileen Lindbergh will have t-shirts available. We now have Unity of Farmington Hills t-shirts for $10 in all sizes. And, you know, if you can't, if you can't figure out your, um, if, you, if you can't figure out what to, to dress up as, just wear your t-shirts and, you know, come and participate. And if you know anybody that wants to join us, you know, invite them to come, both as uh, trunkers or treaters. You know what I mean. <laughs> Our next six-week beginners Tai Chi class will be next Thursday, November 4th, through December 16th, Thursday, every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. Tai Chi is a slow form of martial arts that is practiced for greater ease of movement and for increased balance, coordination, and agility. The next women's group meeting is on November 14th at 12 p.m. featuring earring making with Pat Hatfield. She will ask for a love offering of between $5 and $10 for the, uh, pair, the price of the earrings and she will have the tools, the beads, and all the supplies, you know, and I think it's gonna be for basically holiday earrings, making them for Christmas. Um, it'll be a lot of fun, and women, you are all welcome to join us. To volunteer at our church, click on the volunteer link on our website, unityfh.com. We especially need volunteers for the children's church, the tech team, and the transportation assistance. You can also go to our website for the links to our Zoom events to access our veterans outreach page where veterans can find resources and information to assist with their civilian life and to connect with each other. There's also the Volunteers of America Veterans Day car giveaway and we also have a Nextdoor community page. To sign up for our email blasts, fill out the form on the bottom of our homepage. To join our church or to renew your membership for this year, click on About Us on our homepage and fill out the membership form. To schedule an appointment with Reverend Kelly, or if you'd like to pray, her to pray with you, please email her at seniorminister at unityfh.com or call 248-737-9191. Her office hours are Tuesdays from 10 to 4 and Wednesdays from 11 to 5. Prayer requests can also be placed in the prayer box on the counter across from the sanctuary or emailed to the prayer chaplains at unityfh.com. Our prayer chaplains are Roxanne Berry and Eileen Lindbergh. Here's Eileen. <laughs> and we are thankful for their sacred service to our spiritual community. This concludes our announcements for today. So now, as our music team sings, Surely the Presence, let us open our hearts and minds to hear the daily word and for our opening meditation. I can hear 
clash of angels' wings, I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> it is so good to be here. Donna, thank you for doing the announcements. There we go. And I want to say there are some people in the audience who would be nice to have up on the stage singing, too, because they have pretty voices. I'm just hey, Reverend saying. Kelly, I'm yes. sorry. If you could just take that mic and put it by the TV, the standalone, that way you won't get interference with your thing. Okay. Sorry. Technical. I started to do that, yeah, Good. Too. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's just how we don't get feedback. Okay, got it. Cool. All right, let us go ahead and move into a place where we can open our mind to hear the daily word for today, Sunday, October 24, 2021. The word for today is passion. My purpose fills my passion. Purpose sets my heart aflame with passion. Each day I awaken ready to answer the call of my heart to give my best efforts and fullest attention to purposeful activity. Passion is the energy I bring to everything I do. I discover the glory of God through passion. As I do the things that make me feel the most alive, that fill me with energy and zeal, and color the world with hope and promise, I re recognize the divine presence behind it all. Let me fix this, because feels like my voice is going in and out. Sorry. Okay. God is the source of all the passion I feel and the purpose that drives me. My passion is not for me alone. My pa the life energy that radiates from me inspires those around me to live a life of purpose and passion to boldly express their divinity as only they can. Today's scripture comes from 1 Peter Chapter 4, verse 11. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies. Let's gently close our eyes and take a deep breath. And just allow your attention to float right down into your heart center. Feel the peace inside of you right now. Tune into this now moment, knowing that right now in this place where you are, God is here with you and all is well. Take another deep, deep breath. And as you exhale, release everything in your mind that you're concerned about. Take another deep, deep breath and breathe in love. And exhale. I release. I let go. I trust God. And as we sit in this space just for a little bit, let your mind relax. Let your body relax. Open yourself up in your heart to hear today's message. Take one more deep breath, breathing in love. And exhale, I release, 
I trust God. Thank you, God, for your mighty gift of love that loves us no matter what. And so it is. You may gently open your eyes. And now let us affirm our statement of being together. God is, God is all, all, both invisible, invisible and, and visible. visible. One, one presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And let's now affirm our growth affirmation together. Here we go. We give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. I'm sorry, I saw Loretta, I was like, hey, Loretta. <laughs> We're going to have our first special song, and then I'll be back. Okay, well, this is a song about faith and hope and peace and understanding. So get yourself in the right mindset before we listen to Reverend Kelly today. Yeah. 
I love that song a lot. Hey, Hope. Hey, Brian. <laughs> you can't sneak in on me. Should I turn this down just a little? Should the volume be turned down just a little bit? Yeah, just a little bit. Okay, just a little bit. Good to have Lauren back in the house. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I, I am so excited. Uh, I don't even know why, but I'm just waking up in a good mood, isn't it? to wake up in a good mood just because Eileen was saying the same thing too. She's in a good mood and ha feeling happy. I love that. So I heard this story about this trucker who was at a diner having some, you know, he was on his dinner and he was eating his dinner and these bikers came in, three bikers came in and they were being a little rowdy. So they came over to him. He was just minding his own business. Like, oh, your food looks good. You got a cheeseburger here, some fries and a Coke, I see. And so one of them took the cheeseburger and said, thank you for the cheeseburger. And the other one took the fries and said, thank you for my fries. And the last person took the, the Coke and said, mm, and thank you for the Coke, it's my favorite. So the trucker got up, the truck driver, he got up, got his check, went over, paid the waitress, and left. And so the most motorcycle uh, the bikers were saying, wait a minute. What happened? Was he man enough? He wasn't man enough to handle us? And the waitress was looking out the window. She's like, I don't know if he was man enough or not, but I don't know if he can drive because he just drove over three motorcycles out there. <laughs> now, last week we talked about no revenge, so I'm not advocating for revenge. <laughs> I just thought it was funny and went along with what we were talking about. So we are continuing our discussion on the Sermon on the Mount, and we're in Matthew, and actually we're in the last section of Matthew chapter 5. Last week we talked about non-resistance, and we talked about um, not, not reacting when you're injured. We talked about moving into a space of non-resistance. And it's interesting because as you read through the Sermon on the Mount, and as you read through all of the sections in the scriptures, starting with the beginning of it, even when Jesus went up, saw the multitudes growing and went up on the side of the mountain, when you read through every part of the Sermon on the Mount, you see how it builds upon itself. You see how Jesus takes each section, even with himself, when he uh, moved to the mountainside, which represents raising yourself up to a higher state of consciousness, no matter what circumstance you're in. Because the truth is, even when your life is going the way you want it to, it can always get better. 
God has something even greater than that waiting for you to walk, walk into because your life is a living, perpetual experience of God wanting to give you the kingdom of heaven. And that's spiritual law. It's not this human being sitting there wanting to give this to you because God is not human. God is spirit. It is how God created the very existence that we live in is to bring forth our highest and greatest good. Spirit is always self-correcting some way or another, even to the point where our bodies are self-healing, where if you get a virus, the body creates antibodies to fight the virus. If you get a cold, same thing. The body fights, it creates antibodies to fight the virus. If you bone, you break a bone. The body literally knits itself together. When I read about the process that it comes, that it goes through, that when you set the bone, and even when the bone's not set, that inside with the bone marrow, it literally knits itself together when there's a broken bone, stronger than it was before the break, which is why it hurts so much because it's this process of of mending going on even down to the ligaments that hold it together. That's some deep business how you're created. That's some deep business how the world is created. And so we're created off of this powerful experience of oneness, this powerful experience of love. Your natural state of being is love. And your natural state of consciousness especially when you're aligned with your natural state of being, is peace. So you know when you're aligned with your natural state of being, when you're being an experience of love, when you're in absolute state of peace and joy. That's when you know. If you're not feeling peace, if you're feeling turmoil, if you're feeling upset, if you're feeling anger, if you're going through resentment, if you're having any other feeling inside of you besides peace, Somehow you've moved off your center of being the expression of love. And this is a big piece of what Jesus talks about. Jesus talks about love, 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 because that's what we are. Our first unity principle says that there's only one power and one presence, only one activity active in our lives and in the universe, God the good omnipotent. And if you go further than that, that one power and that one presence is absolute love, absolutely. I say it's absolute good, absolutely, but it's absolute love, absolutely. And being made in God's image and likeness, that's what you're created to be as well. We need to remember this if we are to live a higher quality of life. So the majority of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is teaching about love one another, especially loving your enemies, especially Loving folks when they're not doing what you want them to do. Especially when they don't love you when you have these expectations put up and they cross, they got the nerve to go against your expectations and make you feel some kind of way. When really we are choosing something other than our state of being, which is love. Today I want to talk about loving your worst enemy. Last week when we went through going into non-resistance, the Bible, Jesus says in the, in the Bible, not to resist your, it, those who persecute you, not to resist those who injure you, not to resist those who insult you. He says to step in a space of non-resistance. Don't resist them. This week, we're going to talk about te the teaching love your enemy. And it's interesting because God, prepare, God prepares us through Jesus for every aspect of our life, even Jesus' very existence, his birth, and his lifestyle, his way of being, his relationship with God was all an example of what we are to be. And you know when you're not feeling good, you're not connected, and I won't say connected because we're always connected. You know when you're not tuned in because you don't feel right. You ever have moments where you're just not feeling right? Nothing really wrong with the day. You just don't feel right. It's because you're not tuned in. And that's why I say every morning it's important to tune in before you even get up. Open your eyes. Tune in and talk to God. Tune into the love inside of your heart. Connect with that. And then wake up. Create what you create your day in your mind and then get up and live into that day. Well, here in... 
chapter 5 of Matthew. We're going to be in verse 43 through 48. And like I said, last week we talked about the teaching on revenge. Jesus taught not to go into revenge or retaliation, non-retaliation. So that I, I, the tooth for tooth, Jesus said, don't, that's not even... That, that's not even the purpose of what that was for because people would just go out and they thought that it was a commandment that if someone hurt you, they're going to come hurt you more. They're going to come hurt you. And the, and the reason why it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth is so that you took it, your personal injury case, to the courts. And the courts could no, go no further than the, making the punishment match the injury. But they just went out and did their thing. And the Pharisees taught that. The Pharisees taught that. So we're going to go into today teaching about love your enemies. And like I said, today's uh, talk is about loving your worst enemy. We're going to connect these dots. I'm going to start at 43. This is from the New Living Translation. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And that in that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his son, his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Let me just center myself because I'm feeling a flush coming in. Thank you, God, for centering me in your word. I open myself up and let go of my human understanding. Even though I've studied this, researched this, I know you are preparing me, preparing the instrument that you were going to use for this message today. So I open myself up to be your, your voice box. Thank you, God. Amen. So when we read this, number one, this is referring to a scripture in Leviticus. It's Leviticus 19, verse 18. And in Leviticus, it does say, love your neighbor. But nowhere in there does it say, love your enemy. Somewhere along the line, they stuck that in there. Because to make it a justification to retaliate when someone did something against you. Which is why Jesus is building upon Scripture, building upon his sermon by preparing our mind one step at a time. And so when he prepares us to be in non-resistance, he and, to, and then tells us to not resist your enemy. In last week's, in the Scriptures we discussed last week, teaching about revenge, we discovered who he was saying our enemy was. Oh, he put the Scripture. Perfect. It says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Do you see anywhere in there where it says, hate your enemy? Nope. <laughs> Only one person? <laughs> Wait, do you, you know, isn't it interesting how when you have a certain agenda, you will push different things, add in your own little interpretations to things, and then, you'll in, and then you'll insert it as if it's the gospel, insert it as if it's the truth, and then other people follow it. And in Judaism, that's what they did. They, the Pharisees inserted their own truth for their own purpose and interpreted what Scripture was for their own purpose, even though they knew what it was. But it didn't get everybody looking at them. You know the news gets more views when you put all the sensationalism or the bad things on there or the hurtful things on there or who killed who or who's zooming who. All that stuff, when you put that stuff on there, you get more attention most of the time than you do when you put the feel-good things on there. That's why a lot of times they leave the feel-good to the end. Facebook. <laughs> but that's the way life is. For some reason, those types of things catch your attention. And so the Pharisees used that. Nowhere in Leviticus did it say, hate your enemy. And we do that. They, do, they shouldn't have did that. I ain't going to forgive them. They don't deserve me forgiving them. I ain't gonna. All of that comes from years and years and years of watching it 
from those around us, being taught that, even if you weren't taught directly, being taught that by watching other people and adopting that into our own perception. We chose to be that way. But the beautiful thing is we can choose differently. We can choose differently. But Jesus stretches us big time. He doesn't just say, love your enemy. He says, pray for your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. And then in the, new, the King James Version, it says, bless your enemies. It says, do good for your enemies. So you pray, you, you love your enemies, you pray for your enemies, you bless your enemies, and you do good for your enemies. Really? Now, let's just be real. Let me, let me just get down to the really reallys with what I, I process sometimes. Like when I was reading this, and I'm just going to be real and authentic and, 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 and vulnerable with you all. There's some of us who are African-American who have find it difficult to love the enemy of the systemic racism. It, it, it's just not easy to do that. And, and, and to watch different things with police brutality and, and, and to sin and pray for those who we literally see on these cameras now it's more visible. It's always been there, but it's more visible, and it gets your attention, and it smacks you right in the face. It is, it, it, really? 400 years of slavery or any other thing? And that's just the black African-Americans. Think about your experiences. Think about who might have hurt you. Think about who might have hurt you for years and years. Think about who might have worked. Think about people in your life. Think about family members who are the ones that are closest to you who can hurt you the most. My dad always says that uh, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I never knew really what that meant. <laughs> All right, Daddy, whatever you say. But I do get it. If you become aware of your enemy's state of mind and consciousness, then you know how to be prepared when they come at you. But who is the enemy? For real, for real. Because there's several experiences of the enemy, if you think about it. It's those who perceive you to be an enemy. It's those who you perceive to be an enemy. It's the system acting against us somehow. It's experiencing unjust or unfair situations. And, and last week, Jesus talked, when we were talking, we were saying, Jesus was talking about those who insult us, those who make us do something go, that we don't Like when the Roman soldiers used to make a, a, a Hebrew or a Jewish person carry their stuff for a mile. Or if someone un uh, wrongfully accuses you of something, takes you to court, and sues you for something that's not theirs. Or say somebody gyps you. Say somebody takes advantage of you. Those types of things Jesus is saying are your enemy. But there's an enemy that's worse than that, that I've been thinking about and studying, working on to myself. It's you. You are your worst enemy. Because it is how we think and perceive how another person is, how we are, and how another person is, or how a certain situation is, that causes it to be an enemy experience for us in the first place. Jesus says, wipe that out. That's what non-resistance means. It means step into, and I, I, I use differently, I say allowance, the law of allowance. Like, just like, you know, some people say unconditional love. I, I use total acceptance love because I take the conditions out. Even the unconditioned, I take that out. But do you know that somebody can come slap you in the face and you have the potential to bless them and pray for them anyway? And if they keep hurting you, you have the potential to keep loving them anyway. I, I, I love this. I, I, I just feel led to share it right now. I'm just going to follow, follow what God's sharing having me do. Martin Luther King wrote this essay on loving enemies, and I love this piece. It says, to our most bitter opponents, we say, and it's anybody in your life, we shall match your capacity to inflict suffering by our capacity, capacity to endure suffering. We shall meet your physical force with soul force. Do, do, uh, do to us what you will, and we shall continue to love you. We cannot in all good conscience obey your unjust laws, 
because non-cooperation with evil is as much a moral obligation as is cooperation with good. He says, throw us in jail and we shall still love you. He says, bomb our homes and threaten our children and we shall still love you. He says, send your hooded perpetrators of violence into our community at the midnight hour and beat us and leave us for dead and we shall still love you. But by ye, um, he said, you are assured that we will wear you down by our capacity to suffer. One day we shall find freedom, but not only for ourselves. We shall so appeal to your heart and conscience that we shall win you in the process and win our victory, and it will be double victory. Now, this isn't just to white people from black people. I'm just here to tell you that. This is to any person who you feel hurts you or has hurt you. That no matter what a person has done to you, no matter what you see a person doing to someone else that you may perceive as an enemy and they haven't even done anything to you, no matter what, we are here to dip deep down into our soul's consciousness, deep down into our heart experience and extend love no matter what. But you cannot do that until you start to really go down and extend love to yourself no matter what. Release all restrictions, all ways of thinking about yourself, all condemnation all self-judgment, all insecurities, all low confidence, anything that you have against yourself, you need to release it because you are your worst enemy. And so am I. Anytime we let somebody upset us, we're our own worst enemy. Anytime we forget and put something before God by putting our distraction, our attention on something else besides walking in the consciousness of God and oneness and love, we are our worst enemy. Because anything that you do that is out of alignment with God blocks you from feeling the full expression of God, the full expression of oneness that you are. You are your worst enemy, and so am I. And I have been working on this for a long time. And today, I'm here to tell you that I have had a difficult week with working on this. I've had experiences where even people close to me have hurt my feelings. And I had to stay in a space of love. It was not easy. And your human comes in there. Your human comes in there. If someone's yelling at you and you didn't do anything wrong in your eyes, your human comes in there. And you're hurt. And you want to yell back. You want to sometimes punch the person in the face. You want to do something back that's worse than what they do so they can know how much they hurt you. But God is saying, let go and turn it into love. Take that energy that you feel like that and pump it inside of yourself and transmute it into a more powerful expression of love. Pray for the person. Lord, they know not what they do. Jesus is up on the cross, nails in his hands and feet, a plunge the knife in his side, hurting, thorn, crown of thorns on his head. And I have a, I have a um, crown of thorns plaque plant upstairs in my office that Dr. Debbie gave me so that, that I could see it. It is a thick thorn, and if it breaks, the, 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 the substance that comes from it burns. So it's dug into his head, and it's burning him, and then whipped where it's ripping the flesh off, and he's still saying, I love you. I love you. Dragging a cross, I love you anyway. There's nothing in this world that you can go through and endure that is not more powerful than love. I promise you, you can do this. Jesus says, pray for those who persecute you in that way you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. I want you to take a minute in your own consciousness. I want you to go into your heart and I want you to think about how deeply God loves you what you've done in your, this, your life up to this point. Think about the thing you might have done the worst in your life. And I want you to know that even in that, God looked past it and only saw love. God looked past it. And for one who beat herself up for every little thing, even if I didn't get an A on a test when I was younger, to know that it's okay that I'm not perfect in my humanness, but I am absolute perfect in my spirit because as all God sees 
when God looks at me. There's no part of you that God looks at and says, I don't love you. And because you did that, I don't love you. Or because someone else did something, I don't love them either. I promise you that you have that same capacity to love someone else anyway. No matter what someone has done that you may think has hurt or injured you. And when you do that, you are expressing the Son of God in you. The Son of God in you is the divine absolute love in you. It's the Christ in you. That's the Son of God in you. And when you demonstrate it in this world, you become the Son of Man. That expression of God through your human experience. We are here to be instruments of love. That is how we become heaven on earth. And then the other thing. It says, for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. Now, evil, we said, is just living backwards. It's the word evil. You look at the word evil, it's the word live backwards. That means that we have lived in a way that missed the mark of being an expression of God. But God loves those who are that way. God loves those who are doing in alignment with God. God. God is absolute law that loves no matter what. Don't you know that? And we're created to do the same. We're created to do the same. So it is easy to love those who are, you know, in our court, doing the same things we do, look the same way we look, speaking the same language we speak, acting the same way we act, in harmony and flowing with us, and by y'all, they dancing and stepping and leading, and we just going. And then when you bump into something, get an attitude. We're created to be in the law of love, absolute force of love, that nothing can knock you off your center. Nothing. I am an absolute force of love. Together, I am an absolute force of love. Nothing can knock me off my center. Together, nothing can knock me off my center unless I let it. I choose not to let it. I love my worst enemy, and that is me. Now, when you can love you, see, the, the beautiful part about, you know, Jesus said that the two greatest commandments was to love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. The reason why you love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul first is because it prepares your consciousness to know who you are, whose you are, and what you are as a spirit of God. And then when you t- tune into that consciousness of loving God with all your heart, all your mind, and your soul, and you realize you're one with God and one with that, so you're loving yourself with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. Now you're prepared to love your neighbor as you do yourself. It's easy. You want to. You can't help it because love, love just for the sake of loving. If you're tuned into love, you're going to love just for the sake of loving. I have a challenge for us all today. I want to be different. There's this song I love by Micah, what's his name? Micah Taylor, Tyler, I think his name is Micah Tyler. And they've sung it here before as um, different. And he says, I want to be different, I want to be changed. Till all of me is gone and all that remains. Is a fire so deep the whole world can see that there's something different happening in me. I want us all, until the Sunday before Thanksgiving, that's going to be our giving Sunday, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. I think that's November 21st. I want us all to think of someone who we would perceive to be an enemy or we think they perceive us to be an enemy or look at yourself as your worst. Definitely pray for yourself every single day. You probably already do. But find someone who irks, 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 irks you or who you do not like, do not like, do not. Jesus didn't say you had to like them. Jesus said you had to love them. That means you respect them as a child of God. Find someone in your consciousness, and I prob- they probably will pop up when you walk outside the door <laughs> if it hasn't popped in your mind right now. And I want you to pray for them every single day until Sunday before Thanksgiving. That should be about a month or so, I think. In that 30-day experience, I promise you, if you are truly praying from the heart, something inside of you is going to change. Something in your heart is going to open up and shift. How you view that person, how you experience that person, how you see that person, how you be around that person is going to change. Whatever it is that irritates you about that person, you will no longer see. You will see through the eyes of God. So let us affirm right now, God, give me the eyes to see and the ears to hear from absolute love that I may love even my worst enemy as I love my most cherished 
person. You're thinking about loving your enemy the way you love that person who's most special in your life. That's a deep thing right there. God's moving us past our comfort zone. Are you ready to go? Only one person? Let me ask again. <laughs> and get your yes, your yes hats on. Turn, put them on. We're going to put our head yes. You know, think cap, put your yes cap on. All right, well, I don't remember the question now. <laughs> are, we, are we ready to extend our comfort zone? Yes? This is radical teaching, and I promise you, living in the consciousness of God is not for the squeamish. Uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, Donna said that our critical conversations are not for the squeamish, and they're not. But living in the consciousness of God is not for the squeamish. This is a total lifestyle change. It's a total paradigm shift and a total lifestyle change. Are you ready to change your lifestyle? Yes? 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 Amen. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to have our second special song. And afterwards, we're going to have the kids come in with us when we do our love offering. The kids are going to come in after that, do our prayer protection with us. So I'm going to go get them. Okay, a lot of energy in the service today, so in the songs, in the sermon, so let's keep it going. I was stranded in the shadows, it was all I ever knew. I was pushed down in the darkness, lost all hope of breaking through. There's no life inside that prison, no windows, just these walls and change. But love was on a mission. Step into the light. 
The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. Hey, God. Want to finish with our peace song, right? <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure. That's <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. Yeah, go for it.
Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings, but still want to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page at www.unityfh.com.